Welcome to the Sound of Movement podcast. Today we've got a great show for you. We're going to be talking injury management specific for the back and neck. This is something that I've had a lot of experience with myself. I've suffered with uh, chronic lower back pain and we've now successfully rehabilitated many people with the same issues. What's up, everyone? It's time to rock. If you're new to the tribe, Rich is behind the mix. Phil's across the table from me, and my name is Rad. We are Unity Gym experts at turning driven people into athletes. This episode is brought to you by the Unify Movement System, the only online program effectively balancing strength, flexibility, and fitness so you can unleash your inner athlete. Get daily coaching bars, plus our Epic Foundations prep program and revolutionary structural balance blueprint to, to create your ideal program and optimize your performance. As a valued listener, use the link in the description to get your first month free. Also, I'm very excited to announce that tomorrow we have an epic 72-hour flash sale of all our rehab programs. So you can grab any of those and uh, deal with those nasty injuries, hopefully once and for all. Now, before we get started, warm welcome if you're on the live stream in the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group. Leave a comment and we'll send you some love. Remember that anyone listening to this can join that group and interact with us while we're recording these podcasts live. And lastly, a shout out to our YouTube athletes catching the replay. Hit the like button to support the channel and subscribe if you like what you see. All right, joining us today is Phil White from ADPT Physio. How are you, bro? Good, good, good. Yeah. Loving this self-indulgent week of injury talk. It's exactly, yeah. you know, it makes me feel important. So happy days. <laughs> yeah, there's but, some of the there's some topics where you're kind of just sitting there nodding your head, and then there's also topics yeah. where I'm just sitting here nodding my head. And yeah, uh, good to have a good got, breadth of knowledge and skills. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. But, so today, uh, spawned by uh, one of our online coaching members. Yeah, Adam that's Mariani. right. So yesterday I did a, um, a Q&A and always love getting questions from you guys to um, you know guide the conversation and know where, um, what people want to know about. And I uh, had a question, um, a comment on, on yesterday's Q&A from Adam Eliani saying, damn it, I missed the Q&A, but he's posted a, um, a question in the online coaching group of which he is a member. Um, and he said, I don't know if I should ask this directly to him as it is an injury question, but I screwed up my neck bad from sleeping in an odd position two nights ago. It is mainly the left side and I can barely turn it or look up. I got through my squat day just fine, but my straight arm strength day, I had to cut the workout short because of the pain. I doubt I'll be able to do bent arm strength day tomorrow. It's very frustrating. Should I just rest the next few days and do bits of cardio on my bike or just do just to do something? Thank you. So this kind of spawned a bit of a, like a discussion between Rad and I about what is it that would be most valuable that we can give. And, and this idea, like neck pain and back pain is just such a common thing for so many people and can really uh, put the brakes on, on your training and, and on your life when it gets really bad. So we thought um, it'd be a good, this would be a, a good little um, nudge to, to really cover the basics of, of neck and back pain and, um, and how, to, how to think about it and, and, and how to deal with it. But as... Adam said in the beginning of this question, don't know if she's asked directly as it's an injury question. That's right. Remember, this is a podcast, not a consultation. So please, this is just informational entertainment, not a direct consultation. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, mm. do you want to read it? You want to read? I just did. Bro. I did. Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> so the, um, the, look, my experience with back pain is that when I don't do enough, it gets worse. That, that's what I've gone, uh, that's what I've dealt with. So I've had uh, spondylo, I've, I mean, I've been, it's funny, isn't it, right? Since I've been with you, 
I watch out about throwing out these diagnoses, but I've been diagnosed with spondylolisthesis. That's what the um, the X-rays showed. Which is, do you want to explain what that is? I'm sure you can explain it. Yeah, so there's like that. a bunch of different um, words that sound that spondylo something something's in the in the back, and there's a few of them, and people often get confused between um, which one. But the lysthesis is basically when you um, is there's a, a change in the uh, structure of some of the like. The, the bony structures in the back that just cause um, a slight malalignment. Well, not malalignment, just a, a different alignment. And yeah. yeah so going it, to for me, what, what it is, it, when you look from my side on an x-ray, my L5 sits posteriorly, which means it, it creates a big sway in my back, a big arch in my back. And um, you can really see it. I was quite shocked when I saw it because I always just thought, oh, I've got a sway back, you know, when I used to see myself in pictures or in a mirror but when I saw it on the x-ray I was like wow that's crazy um, and what I found was that if I uh, if I didn't exercise for a couple of days my back would start to hurt it, I would start aching and if I'd go about a week or or so or longer it would become really painful and I don't remember the last time that I haven't exercised for more than a week it's been at least a decade um, but when I have, when I get close to that week mark, that's when the pain really starts coming in. Now, we've had a lot of people come in to Unity Gym with what they consider to be really bad back pain. You know, they like when we do deadlifts and Jefferson Curl, and Jefferson Curl is a, it's a highly debated exercise. Like whenever we post pictures of us doing a Jefferson Curl, which is basically where you hold weight, tuck your chin to your chest, and you curl down through the spine. So the weight is loading your spine as you forward flex. Um, and, and I've had people come in and see that when I explained it to them and they said, no, I can't do that. And I said, why not? I said, I've got a herniated disc. And through the exercises that we show them how to do here, sometimes even from coming to see you, Phil, six months later, the same people are deadlifting their own body weight or, or even more. And these were this is somebody that when they came in, they, they were like, no, deadlifts aren't for me. I can't do it. And that's... Um, really to do with load management isn't it phil and and uh you know just gradually increasing their load management yeah well it, it, there's some some really big picture things at play here and it's why i think back pain is such an interesting one and why i did want to have this discussion where the i guess back issues have this certain um i guess status of all injuries as being one of the the scariest and um, potentially most debilitating, which is totally true because you've got some pretty serious structures in your back with your spinal cord um, running down the, your, the spine from the brain, obviously, and that's controlling the show for the whole body. So obviously we do need to be really careful with, with back pain, but it sort of has, I think, led to this real fear in the health professionals of old about, about and, and current um, about loading um, the back and through the culture it has become this real thing where people uh, become scared of, of lifting like using the muscles like loading up their back because they think that it'll end up with them being a, a quadriplegic so um, it's yeah I think there's some really interesting thing here and why um, Rad made that comment about like being aware of kind of throwing around diagnosis is because like and and with image and this talk we've had about imaging a few times is that when you become aware of like something that has a, a, a complicated sounding name and you see on the imaging um this uh like a 
a morphological change, so like a, a structural change, that really imprints into your brain and becomes quite the threatening um, thing. And it's quite interesting how you said like before you got that imaging, you just thought like, oh yeah, you have a bit of a sway back and mm. you're like a stuntman and you mm. are in yeah. the army doing some like pretty serious stuff where occasionally you get back pain. But like it's, it's when you see this imaging, when you get this diagnosis, that really imprints on you as something that is so threatening. Um, and as we've talked about before with pain science a lot, um, you know, you, the amount of pain you experience is very much related to your perceived threat, both subconscious and un, um, and conscious. So, mm. um, yeah, so there's been a lot of change in management around back pain and a, a real um, move away from always going straight to imaging as being the first thing that um, you want to do when diagnosing back pain because it's just, it can really lead you down this like, mental path that is not very helpful so um yes yeah, so that's a big piece of stuff and then looking at i guess a load management issue that as i said like people have become so tentative about loading up their back and you know you see all those um workplace uh posters saying yeah. like you, you know keep that straight back keep your back perfectly straight and if you try and pick up a pencil without um yeah. you know being in like exactly neutral spine while like yeah. doing a perfect osteogras squat that your back's going to fall apart. It's kind of become this quite pervasive thing that, that any amount of loaded backbending is, is mm. your, your body can't handle it. So yeah, it's this, this interesting cultural shift that I think has, you know, started to happen around like that understanding that actually loading the spine in a, obviously in a progressive, progressively overloaded way is going to be the thing that um, conditions you to, to being able to handle load in the spine. Yeah. And I think even more so with Adam's Meliani, uh, Adam Meliani's question around the neck, um, I think the neck is, is even the main couple of that because deadlifts and squats are obviously a pretty mainstream exercise where you're targeting lo like loading the lower back. But um, with the neck, it, it's something that we don't usually target in terms of like progressive overload strength training unless you're a rugby forward who um, headbutts people for a living. Um, so, but... So for some reason, like rehab principles kind of go out the window when it comes to neck pain and people don't think to actually add strength. And I know your mate, Aaron um, McKenzie, worked closely with um, Anthony Minicello, the rugby yeah. player, about um, years ago for dealing with his neck pain. And it was all about building up strength. Yeah. And that yeah. was like, and it's crazy that that's something that's so wildly like out there. <laughs> Aaron's dealt with some really tough neck issues as well he, he's posted x-rays of uh like a before and after from the work that he's done and he um he didn't have the natural curvature in his neck you could see in his x-ray that his cervical spine was in, instead of it being like that it was kind of like this and you know there was other diagnoses that went along with that but just to be quite clear like it's the lack of a curve is not a diagnosis in itself, but like, like that doesn't necessarily mean that something's going to no, be that's painful what I or dysfunctional. There yeah. were diagnoses. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't yeah. know what it cool. was. There was yeah. herniated this or there was fractured that or whatever it was. And he's had a lot of pain for years, but the work that he's done to strengthen his neck and you look at the x-ray now compared to where it was, it, it has actually changed the resting position of the spine uh, yeah. of, his, of his neck. And I'd say even, you know, more importantly than being able to see that visual change, like he is one of the most impressive athletes yeah. like that I've seen in, in yeah. terms of like what he can do with the, with his mm -hmm. body. So mm -hmm. even more so than the fact that it, like the x-rays change, like he's and not at all held back by yeah. 
And if you talk about Anthony Minicello, if you're not from Australia, you wouldn't have any idea who he is. But in Australia, in the yeah. sport of rugby league, which is one of the most physically demanding uh, contact sports in the world, I think, um, he went from being at the top of his field to um, being pulled off the training court, um, uh, the training court, the, f the field during training from the physio running in after they got the x-rays back after he was describing pain. And he had a, he had a couple of fractures in his spine and a bunch of herniated discs and all that. But what had happened was with one of the fractures, there was a chip of, of bone off that was floating a millimeter or two millimeters away from his spinal cord. And of course, if that um, punctured or severed his spinal cord, he could be looking at being paralyzed. And he went from that, he got taken off the field and um, a year and a half later, uh, after doing this rehab with Aaron, he was back playing, um, you know, bigger and better than he ever was. And he went on to being known as the greatest comeback story in, in rugby league's history. They did a, uh, an episode on him on a, on a current affair about how good his comeback story was. So <clears throat> if you can have a spine that's that badly compromised, then it's quite possible that your back pain can be dealt with. Yeah, and so I think it comes down to this idea that with the back, like still understanding like what are the structures involved. So obviously you've got your passive structures and active structures is how I always break it down. So passive structures being ones that you can't contract no matter how hard you try. So your bones, your ligaments, your cartilage. In this case, it's going to be your intervertebral discs. Um, and all of those structures are um, there doing their thing. Um, and then you have your muscles, which are going to control um, uh, the, your active structures. So your muscles and then your tendons are going to be um, basically controlling the movement of those joints. And so what so often happens when people with back pain, um, they'll see, you know, they'll get an x-ray or, or see some scans and say like, oh, I've got um, a disc, um, you know, a disc bulge. And then the rehab plan often is like, okay, you need like, they think, okay, I need to stretch this and do more like low level, like, um, you know, like yoga or get non-impact movements. And then, mm -hmm. but when you think about the passive structures, they're there for basically backup of at end range. And so when you're taking your body into full range and, and basically stressing those structures in a way that, um, you know, you're using them as the main sort of system, that is pretty counterproductive so whereas when you're building up the muscular control and and if you can build up muscular control um for obviously with by progressively overloading through heavy movements like um like a, a really good technique deadlift um and and other you know back extensions etc if you can build up that the kind of like raw muscular strength but then also muscular control similar things like um the spinal waves that I'm sure you've all seen videos of Rad doing and um, something like the um, Jefferson curl where you're actually getting muscular control through range, then that means that those passive structures, so your discs and your ligaments and the bones, um, really don't have to do as much work because they're, the muscles are basically taking like the percentage of how much uh, force is going through that system. So, um, yeah, that's why we really are so big on building up strength like mm -hmm. it's not enough just to rest and do low level exercise for the rest of your life because your muscles will then if you don't do if you don't progressively overload them they'll decondition and if you decondition then you'll have even less muscular control um to support the joints and therefore it'll be this like real vicious cycle and people that's how people become 
crippled with back pain is that just it, it as you get weaker it means you can do less and so you do less and then that creates more pain and then that perceived like you increase your perceived threat and you're suddenly in chronic pain territory um often on opiates if you're in america like it's mm. it's this horrible horrible thing and so yeah and, and as you've said it like your back will start to feel pretty pretty ordinary if you take time off and that's you know you've got that structural um change of the spondylolisthesis in your back but most of the time it's just really well controlled by muscles yeah. and so the i think as well phil that um i think one of the big issues that a lot of people face when it comes to back pain is the macro and micro loading outside of the gym because like one of the things that when i first started suffering back pain like debilitating back pain i mean this is i was in high school and that when i when i got at my worst i couldn't walk properly for a period of weeks where i actually had to walk with a walking stick when i was 17 years old because the pain was so bad in my back i was limping and honestly i was a 17 year old with a walking stick and that's when i started going to see chiropractors for the first time and that's probably where i developed my um, love for chiropractors because they helped me so much at least with the symptoms of it you know it would it would really help um, but and eventually the chiropractor said to me how do you sleep show me how you sleep and I showed her how I sleep and I back then I used to sleep on my stomach with one leg raised up to the side and she explained to me what was going on in my spine to be in that position for eight hours or whatever it was that I was sleeping for and then told me what would happen if I was sleeping on my back on my side and I had to train myself to sleep on my side. It was a really arduous experience. I just couldn't fall asleep on my side and it was weeks of just getting very little sleep and eventually I trained myself to be able to do it. And that was a massive reduction in back pain for me. And I remember what Aaron was saying about with Anthony Minicello when he was training him. He was saying how they, tr they changed everything about his life. Like they looked at the kinds of foods that he was eating and you know, for chronic inflammation responses and he was just filled with with um uh, chronic inflammation and they looked at the way he was sitting and like got him to you know not be sitting in a way where he'd be leaning on one side and and got him to be sitting in a way where he'd be in more of a neutral spine and it's just all these different things that sort of come into play and i think a lot of people when they get back pain that that's chronic they they look for that uh, magic bullet right like the silver bullet the magic pill silver bullet i'm getting two sayings mixed up there um where it's like, what's the one thing that I can do that's going to fix this? And what I've experienced is that there's a little bit more to it than that. Um, but learning how to make yourself strong progressively the way that you and I teach people to is a cornerstone of that by a country mile. That's yeah. what I've found. Is it and, and it, it's always going to depend, like not all back pain is equal and, and generally when it's more chronic, so if it's been around for a longer time, it, it'll usually be harder, like it'll be a slower process of getting rid of it and there'll be more factors at play. Whereas sometimes when it's an acute thing that just pops up once, then often there can be a silver bullet where it just mm -hmm. is like, oh, you've just changed this thing or you've just done this one thing wrong and then that goes away. So that's a, a part of hopefully some information around for you guys. Like it's, it is often that acute back pain that does get much better, much quicker, but the chronic stuff can take a bit longer and you do need a bit, um, a bit of, um, yeah, so like a longer time of trying out different things often. Um, it's so cruel, isn't it, that sleeping can be something that causes so much um, pain for, with the back and it's, it's something that, um, it's Adam. really, for me, it's been a big difference. I mean, even recently, um, something that was a big difference was I went from sleeping with one pillow to sleeping with two mm -hmm. pillows because I just looked at my, I was analyzing 
some discomfort I was having with my shoulders and I looked at myself sleeping on one pillow on my side and like my head was dropped like that and then when I put two pillows on it felt like my head was really high but it actually lined my spine up and that yeah, so that could be one thing. And so with, when it comes to sleeping, and, and this happens with shoulder pain as well, like, and um, it's, it's, as I was talking about with passive and active structures, like when you're asleep, it's your passive structures are taking, like, the, like they're in that position because your muscles are basically just switched off for the evening and you're, mm-hmm. and you're lying there. And so that's why, like, that positional sort of stuff can be really helpful. So for people who do struggle with it, um, often with lower back pain, um, chucking a pillow underneath your legs if you sleep on your back, so instead of being legs flat, slightly under your back or if you're sleeping on your side putting a pillow in between your legs keep that neutral and then looking at the pillows as well um about to trying to keep your neck in a in a position that it likes um but yeah if you're just drunk and you passed out on the couch then that's probably um that's something different entirely but um yeah so when adam maliani saying he's just uh, slept with a position an odd position two nights ago and so hopefully with this thing where it's like just come on quickly and and sort of acutely um, generally that will mean just like a, just keep yourself a bit entertained with other exercise and, and, and let it um, sort itself out quickly. If it's something that does stick around though, um, getting some targeted strengthening work into the net can be um, a really good idea. I've started doing one with a few um, patients where it's just getting a, a fairly low level like resistance band and getting your head into a neutral position and having the resistance band against the pole getting your head in that neutral position and then taking a step forward, um, just a little step forward. So you're just getting that feeling if you relaxed your head, it would pull you back, but you're just maintaining neutral. And so it's sort of this like anti-movement exercise. So you're basically just holding neutral against an isometric force. So, and then turning to the side, taking a side step um, to get a bit of that lateral flexion and then turning around. So you get the extension and then, um, and again, to the other side, so you're getting the lateral flexion as well. But Again, this is a podcast. Don't try out funky neck exercises probably <laughs> if you haven't tried it before. But um, that there's I, there's ways in which you can progressively overload neck strength just to get that little bit of muscular stimulus. Um, the other thing that often causes neck pain in people is if they're doing their upper body exercises and not haven't got very good ca- scapular control and become if they're very active through the upper traps and in that hunchy sort of position, then often that can be quite a um, an overloading thing for the um, and cause neck pain. Now, just with um, cause I did want to give a bit more of an overview around like when it's a good idea to be looking, f- um, at like definitely getting medical intervention. So seeing a physio or a doctor is, is if you're getting some nerve, like nerve signs and symptoms. So pain, like, uh, tingling or numbness down the leg or, um, or, or arms, um, that's a good sign that, you know, you want to make sure you know what's, um, what's causing that, particularly if it's like. Um, the f- like uh, large areas and really numb or really tingling, then definitely get that looked at. Um, but again, if you do have like just bits of t- tingling and numbness, it doesn't mean the end of the world. It doesn't necessarily mean something horrible has gone wrong. That's it. Really, can be quite normal, but it's worthwhile um, being quite sure about that. Um, if you have any bladder or bowel changes, that's actually it, that might sound pretty weird to people. But if you have um, like especially numbness around your groin area. And then if you have any bladder or bowel changes, that's a, a sign that you should definitely be um, getting things looked at. And pain overnight, like if you have a position like you were saying um, where you would get pain that would you know potentially like wake you up if you're sleeping on your front, but then you could change positions and be on your side or be on your back and it would go away, then that's generally okay. And that's just quite a positional thing. But if you do get pain at night where you're, it wakes you up and you just can't get back to sleep, 
no matter what position you're in, it really is like quite a horrible feeling, then that's a sign that you should definitely go and get things medically looked at. I'd like to give you this guy, you guys, this information so you you can have a bit like be a bit more informed about, um, I guess when it's like try out looking after yourself versus definitely mm-hmm. um, go and get things looked at. So they're the kind of the the main things to be aware of with um with back pain my advice would be my my two cents at the end of the show is don't don't live on painkillers if yeah. you're if you're experiencing back pain and you use painkillers as a go-to just as a as a daily thing that's something you really want to look into and you want to see if you can um yeah what i what i've i use painkillers rarely if i need them but not just as a go-to. Yeah, and if, like, in acute stages, if it's, like, something that's just, like, real bad and you have to use them for a short term, fine. If it's using them as a tool to facilitate training, like, good. But if it's just, like, that's all that gets you through the day, then there's so many many things you can do for it. But it is so hard, and that's why there's a, you know, an absolute... um, like pandemic of <laughs> of painkillers <laughs> around the yeah. world like it, it is really bad but um yeah hopefully this has been um helpful for you guys uh yeah i mean there's so much more with that i kind of wanted to get into around like surgical interventions and scoliosis and postural whatevers but um yeah maybe we can talk about a bit of that anyway time. there's always more that we can talk about with this stuff yeah. I, get, I get excited and look another <laughs> thing if you've never looked into it never done it um Spinal mobility is a is a huge part of preventing back pain. For me, I used to need to do more to not experience back pain until I knew how to do spinal mobility. And now mm. that I know how to do spinal mobility, just by doing this kind of thing daily, when I used to say I used to do nothing and I'd get pain, I can do nothing but spinal mobility and not get pain because it just keeps everything moving, you know? Yeah, and, and just on that, like we did talk about this a little bit the other day, but when you have... If you've got, you know, however many joints in your in your spine, lots. Um, if you're very stiff through lots of them, and you're getting so all your movement is coming from, you know, one or two joints, then that one or two joints is going to take much more of the load. Whereas if you are spreading the movement between all of the um, all of the joints, then each of the individual joints is going to um, have much less load. So that's just a reason why spine mobility is so so nice for that. And motion is Perfect. lotion. Motion is lotion, baby. Yeah, motion it. is lotion. Thanks, Phil. Thanks so much. And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll see you guys tomorrow to wrap up a great week of injury management. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.